On today's episode, join Joe Sylvester and I as we talk about his legendary career. So strap yourselves in. Mash that loud pedal because it's time to jam. Welcome back to the weekly Monster Truck Podcast. Hi again, everyone. I am Jackson, also known as Monster Jam Historian. You can follow my social media at Monster Jam Historian on Instagram and Monster Jam Historian on YouTube. Today, I am privileged to be joined by Joe Sylvester, driver of the Bad Habit Relapse. Joe, thank you for coming on uh, today's episode. Glad to be here, man. So I've got some questions here that I've wrote, and I have some fan questions that uh, my fans on Instagram have wrote. I just wanted to say quickly before we uh, jump straight into the questions, fans, to the people that left questions, thank you so much uh, for leaving Joe some great questions. I cannot wait to get into them. But uh, first, I am going to ask you, Joe, my question. So my first question for you, Joe, is what got you into the sport of Monster Truck? Uh, what got me into the sport really was uh, too many injuries in motocross. <laughs> I, uh, I started racing at a young age. I started racing motocross, BMX bikes, downhill mountain bikes, which I still ride. Um, and uh, throughout basically all my high school and up until I was about 19 or 20 years old, I was full speed ahead with racing uh, motocross and riding freestyle motocross on ATVs. And um, I just had a lot of bad injuries, a lot of really bad injuries, um, a lot of head bad head injuries, broken backs, um, and uh, just made the decision I needed to get into something that I could get crazy but have a roll cage around me. And I was always in the big lifted trucks since I, since I was 15. And um, so through that, I kind of had met some people in the monster truck industry, and it kind of grabbed my attention. I'm like, hmm, you know what? I think I'd be pretty good at this. I, I like the showman aspect of it. I like the, the show. And, uh, you know, so I made the decision to, to leave my motocross career and hang up the boots and, you know, trade it in for a fire suit and get behind the wheel of monster trucks. Definitely. And this kind of leads into the next question. You know, obviously bad habit both then and now it is an independently run monster truck. So, uh, can you explain to the listeners and the viewers, uh, how expensive it can be running, not just an independent team, but, uh, just a truck in general, because obviously there's a lot of independent teams. And I think some people, we take it for granted that these indies, you know, they put a lot, especially you yourself, Joe, you put a lot of time, you put a lot of money into running these trucks. And for it to run well, you have to put even more into it. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, to to go out there, just building the truck is 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 part of it. You know, you still need to have basically a whole nother truck in the trailer hanging on the walls and then the toolboxes worth of spare parts if you're going to go out there put on a good show at a high level and when stuff breaks you're able to replace it so you can get right back out there again plus the way things work with promoters is they don't like when you break so if you break and you can't make your you can't go out there for freestyle or something 
the promoter is not going to be very happy with you, whether it's Monster Jam or, or any other of the promoters that are out there. You need to be able to go make the show. So it's important to have good equipment and have plenty of spare equipment. And uh, so the, your, your operating budget um, every year uh, is basically enough to build another truck. It's definitely up in the six figures, well over 100000 150000 and up. Uh, depending on how many shows a year you do, how much traveling you do, and how much stuff you break, um, that it's extremely, extremely expensive to maintain these trucks and get them up and down the road. You got to pay for your crew. You got to pay for hotels. You got to pay for diesel fuel in the semi. Don't forget, semis break down too. Tires are expensive on semis. Transmissions are expensive. Just general maintenance on a semi is 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 a lot of money. So you start adding all these factors together. Um, it's, uh, it can be very, very difficult, which is why we, we rely so heavily on merchandise sales and sponsor money. And one thing I just thought of too, just now is especially in recent years with the trucks getting more and more, you know, sophisticated and, you know, showing up to, you know, like shows like Monster Jam, I know that in terms of bad habit, you haven't competed there yet, but in terms of the trucks being more and more sophisticated and then pulling off more and more crazy stunts you know, it's very, it becomes probably even more expensive just in terms of the, uh, as you said, maintaining the truck itself too, you know, back in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, back in the old days, it still obviously would be expensive to run an independent truck, but even now it would probably be even more expensive because the trucks are more sophisticated, there's more uh, safety aspects and obviously you know you want to go bigger and harder you know for the fans you want to put on a good show and in order again you kind of touched on this as well if you want to put on a good show you got to have that truck running 100 percent. and obviously if it's running 100 percent, you know that requires a lot of time and money yeah you're exactly right everything you said there's 100 percent true and you know the the level of the sport has gotten to be so high that uh, it's very demanding on the trucks. It's very demanding. And, you know, no matter how good a part you put on the truck, you just push it that much harder and stuff does still break, you know, um, you know, and, and it may not break this show, but it could break the next show. It's very, you know, metal fatigues, you know, a truck's only going to be able to take so many backflips before something finally gives away, you know, so we, we also maintain a very, uh, very strict maintenance program on bad habit as well. Always have, um, we have a list that, that uh, gets done to the truck before every single show weekend. Um, and we also have a shortened list that gets done. Say we do multiple shows in a weekend. We have a shorter list that gets done after every single night, after every show, uh, just to make sure that it, that it gets done. And if there is any problems that we can see before it becomes a big problem, we fix it before, you know, something, something, you know, catastrophic happens on the track. But uh, yeah, the, the new bad habit hasn't run in Monster Jam yet. Relapse hasn't, but obviously my old, you know, my old trucks. You know, we ran for, went for ran for quite a few years. Well, speaking of the bad habit name, this is something I'm really interested in, and I hope my fans are too. What was the inspiration, not just behind the name, but I guess the design too? You know, I've always you know bad habit is such a such a cool name, and especially now the legacy you built and coming back with the relapse, it's such a I don't know what the word is. It's so legendary, and I've always wanted to know what's like the mainly the name, but even the design behind it too. <laughs> well, the the name really, honestly, doesn't have a real creative story behind it. You know, I had when I first got into the sport back in '06, and I decided I was going to, you know, build my own truck and create my own identity. Um, you know, it. Uh, I had a long list of names that we are we are considering, and um, 
I think I had probably 30 different names that I came up with and we didn't use any of them. And we're, we were sitting down in a basement one night and my buddy's girlfriend was looking through like a, a magazine of some sort of, uh, and it said something and the title of the article was something about a bad habit. She was like, well, how about bad habit for the name of the truck? And I was like, that works. That works. You know, it's bad. It's edgy, but it's not too aggressive to where, you know, soccer moms are going to be like, Oh my God, cover your ears, kids. You know? So it was like right on that, that line of being edgy, but still family friendly. Um, the paint jobs really just stems from my, my love of, uh, hot rods and old school flame jobs and stuff like that. Like even the new, like the relapse truck, you know, all the bad habit trucks, they basically followed that flame, you know, hot rod, two tone paint job. And I didn't actually say, well, the last one was this. So the next one's going to have to be this. And the next one's going to have to be this. It was just whenever I would go over stuff with my graphic designer, that's just what I picked. That's just what I said. Okay, we're going to do flames and we're going to do this and that. And they all ended up looking somewhat the same. So the, the relapse truck, I actually had several different uh, mock-ups of it. And maybe one day I might put them up on social media. We had one that was, uh, looked like an old airplane, all the riveted metal. Then I was like, eh, it looks cool, but there's already a couple trucks that are doing that. You know, we had some different stuff and I just, I wanted it. I just went back to a simple black design with flames. But if you're ever, whenever you see the truck in person, you'll see that there's actually different layers of vinyl. It's not just one wrap and the track, the truck is wrapped completely matte black and then the the flames are a satin orange and they're laid over top of the black. And then the purple around the flames is actually hand pinstriped by my vinyl guy. He uses pinstripe tape and he actually goes and he pinstripes all along the flames with purple. And then the gold leaf logo on the side is its own own thing, too. And the gold leaf I came up with, I was like, man, I don't ever remember seeing a monster truck ever. I think maybe the Duraliner Giant back in the 80s used gold leaf. And me, again, going back to the old school hot rod days, motorcycles and custom choppers, a lot of guys used that gold leaf. And I was like, man, I'm going to throw this into the monster truck things. And when we started looking at the the graphics of it, my vinyl guy was like, yeah, I, I have vinyl that's gold leaf, so we can definitely do that. I was like, yeah, this is, I really like how this looks like. And it's one of those things, every time I go out in the shop, I stare at the truck because I'm like, man, I really, really like how this thing turned out. It's kind of like when you get like a, you know, you've just purchased a car and you park it outside and you're, you know, you're walking right. away from, and then you, you turn around and then you, you, you walk a no, bit further and you, you, keep, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you keep turning back. Um, even now, now that I look at the backs, uh, the backdrop in, um, the video that I can see, um, you know, even the body style, when I think about it too, it's very retro styled it. In fact, it kind of looks a bit similar to uh, the old Bigfoot, you know, like one of the original styled Bigfoots. Yeah. I think one of the original ones that Bob Chandler drove. And I kind of do see now that I – I can't stop staring at it. Now that I keep looking at it, I do see those um, those points that you bring up about it being inspired by, you know, the hot rod style things. You know, it's very, very – and honestly, I did not know about the um, – uh, what you said about the wrapping on the multiple levels. Yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it. Haven't seen it uh, in real life, but it's very interesting. Honestly, did not know that. Um, moving on to my next question. This will bring back some memories. 
Uh, you are currently the world record holder for the longest uh, ramp jump in a monster truck, which you achieved on September 1st, 2013. What was the story behind it and what was involved in order to prepare you in terms of both mentally and truck-wise for the stunt? Uh, really, I decided probably, I think it was literally maybe my first year in the business that I was going to go after Bigfoot's record someday and uh, I wanted to have the, I wanted the jump record. Um, it was just something that I wanted to do, just call it ego, call it whatever, just uh, I like the challenge and I like to do things that make me separated from what everybody else is doing. Um, and plus I've just always been into big jumps, even when I was riding motorcycles and quads and jumping mountain bikes, I was always into doing big stuff. And, uh, so it was just kind of a natural thing that I was like, you know what, I want to do that. And, uh, around 2010, when we did the first record jump, uh, you know, there was, there was honestly not a ton of different preparation for the truck other than gearing it taller. Um, we geared it a lot taller. We had a fresh motor in the truck. Um, and it took a long time to, to build the ramps. And, uh, I, I didn't want to just hit a, hit a ramp and see how far I can go and land. I wanted it to be spectacular. I wanted a, I wanted it to be a double so that there was a landing. Uh, one, it looks cooler when you're jumping from ramp to ramp. Two, it takes a little bit of the edge off of the landing because like I said, I didn't want to just hit something and fly low and go real far. I wanted to go high too. Um, and the first jump, I think I was around 35 feet and then 2013, I think I was right around 35 or 37 feet high as well. Um, I actually used the same ramp. We just hit it faster. The gap itself was 180 feet. Uh, if you notice in the 2013 jump, I jumped over my tractor trailer, um, which we actually wanted to do in the first record jump, but it, it rained the day before. So I couldn't get down there cause it was too muddy, but uh, all the pyro and stuff like that, I just wanted it to be a really big spectacular jump i wanted it to be high and i wanted it to be far um but again in 2013 not a lot of different preparations for the truck other than turning the motor up a little bit getting it running real good and gearing gearing up the transfer case and um and that was 237 feet next thing on my list is 300 that's my goal so so you plan on so you plan on beating that record sometime soon I sure certainly do. I mean, bad habit relapse is twice the truck that the old one was. It's definitely heavier, uh, but it's definitely twice the truck that the old one was. It's just the design, the chassis, everything is super low. It's incredibly stable. Um, so when the timing is right, uh, we're definitely going to go after that record again and, and go, go after my record. Um, and my, my goal is 300 feet because that's the length of a football field. So to be able to say, I jumped the length of a full football field in a monster truck that to me would be a be a pretty pretty cool accomplishment definitely i that would be something really really interesting to see because obviously back in my time when i was a young lad i unfortunately didn't get to get to witness it but you know a couple of days ago when i was researching these questions and putting these these uh things together i got to see the 2010 jump i was like holy cow you nosedive pretty damn it was honestly it was pretty scary that was it, scary. It was. That was actually the practice jump. That wasn't even the actual jump day. Um, oh, geez. If we got a few minutes, I'll tell you the whole story leading up to that jump. I, that was in uh, Pennsylvania, a couple hours from where I live. 
And if you go a few hours past that is New York State. And every year in August, all the way up to Labor Day weekend, I do a chain of fair shows in upstate New York. They're real small shows, one night gigs. I would go there by myself, do the thing, you know, um, and the very last, this is the year of the, the 2010 of my first record jump. The very last show that I did, the motor blew up on my very last freestyle. And I had one week before my, before my practice jump. And then that was one week before the actual, the event we sold tickets for, Hey, we're going to break a record. So I broke, I not only blew up the motor, but I hurt my back too, because the shocks weren't working right. And when the motor locked up in the air, I landed like a ton of bricks and I hurt my back real bad. I had to be helped out of the truck and stuff. Um, and this now, and again, this is a couple of weeks before the jump. So in one week's time, we pulled the motor out of the truck, found an engine builder that was able to rebuild the motor, put it on the dyno, get it tuned for us, get it back in the truck, literally like the day before that catastrophic crash that you had, we put the motor back in the truck. We had the ramp already all finished up. We went there to the cornfield 500 in Pennsylvania and I was like, I'm not going to hit this thing at full speed. I just want to test the ramp, test the landing, and we'll go from there. So I only hit the ramp at like 65 miles an hour, and it was way too steep. <laughs> I did all my calculations of the ramp kind of in my head just by looking at it, which I've always done through all my years of riding bikes and stuff, building jumps. I never had like real good calculations. I just kind of would scope it out and be like, oh, that looks pretty good, you know? And I knew that I needed some compression and rebound of the shocks to essentially pogo the truck the full distance. Um, so you need to have a little bit of a, of a scoop to the jump so that when the truck hits it, it compresses. And when it comes off the lip, the suspension rebounds and helps, you know, propel the truck the distance. Well, I made it way too steep. So the truck went straight up in the air. Um and it ran out of momentum and went straight down like a 10,000 pound lawn dart. We actually went 200 feet, but you know, when I crashed and I was 65 feet high in the air, um, and, you know, that's why, you know, there's a lot of big jumps that happen in stadiums and stuff, but that jump was so high. That was the one and only time I was ever scared in my life in a monster truck. Because when I was that high, you ever been on a roller coaster and when you go down the hill, your stomach drops my stomach dropped while I was in the truck. When the truck leaned over to the front and I'm stabbing the throttle, trying to get the front end to come up and my stomach dropped and I was just free falling out of the sky. And I felt like I was in the air long enough to read a book. And I was like, this is not going to end well. Like this is, this is going to hurt and it's going to hurt bad. I might not walk away from this one. And, you know, fortunately, thanks to ISP seats, uh, pyrotech safety equipment, Hans device, uh, I was beat up. I was definitely, definitely hurting, but I was able to walk away from it. And in five days, rebuilt that truck right there where the jump was to make the successful jump the following weekend. Um, the crash happened on a Tuesday. The fall, That Saturday was the event at the Cornfield 500 when I did the jump. And uh, my dad went down to Dan Patrick's and got a new axle housing, uh, drove up. And I, had, I basically had to put a new axle housing, new axles, new steering rams, new rim, new tire, new hydraulic lines, uh, new shocks on the front end. Uh, we did change the shocks on a little bit on the front. We took some rebound away from them so that it would let the front end drop out a lot slower. 
which would hopefully our idea was that it wouldn't allow the truck to endo as as hard if the rebound of the front shocks was was slower because you got to figure all that weight on that front axle and all those tires if it drops out real fast it's going to want to make the truck tip over so we did make some changes when i was rebuilding the shocks uh, i cracked the roll cage i had to weld that up um, needed a new fuel cell because it put a hole in that the whole back half of the chassis was ripped off i had to weld all that back on so it was a lot of work it was a lot of work and uh but you know we made made the successful jump in 2010 and then when i went back in 2013 i was like no practice jumps no practice jumps everybody show up i'm going to hit this thing as fast as i can go and it's going to be spectacular either i'm going to make it or i'm going to crash and burn and everybody's going to love it anyway so <laughs> i actually in the 2013 i hit the ramp at 85 miles an hour wow. so it was it was moving that's i <laughs> I honestly had a loss of words, you know, going back to the, to the fear of, you know, you nosediving that, that, as you said, I really don't have anything to add, but seriously, that would just be nuts to, to, to put it lightly. Yeah, it was a crazy feeling, man. It was a crazy feeling. And just, uh, doing that jump, um, you got to be in a certain mindset to hit a 13 foot tall ramp at 85 miles an hour. Uh, cause when you're in the truck, as big as the monster truck is, you can't see on the other side of that ramp. All you see is this big giant ramp in front of you and you got your foot to the floor hoping for the best. <laughs> it's a it's a different state of mind you got to be in to do something like that. Well, kind of uh, sort of not in the same aspect, but a little bit similar to that. Uh, earlier this year, you delved into the virtual monster truck world by originally live streaming the virtual outlaw monster truck drags and you competed, I think, in a few other rigs of rods uh, live events. I think you competed in yeah. Josh Josh Lee's uh, Monster Jam event. Mm -hmm. uh, can you? Oh, sorry. What was it like dipping your toes into the virtual monster truck world? Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. I don't take it too seriously. What I look at it as is just a really cool and fun way to interact with fans. Um, and during the time when we weren't able to do monster truck shows, um, and fans are looking for some content, they're looking to connect with drivers. I was like, you know what? I want to bring some of my buddies in that are sitting around, not running monster trucks, but have rigs of rods. Let's bring them in. Let's bring the personalities into it. Let's bring the announcers in like Ken Nowitzki and let's have some fun with this and just try to entertain people. And uh, that was the whole, the whole reason behind it. It wasn't to go out there and show everybody that we're great on the simulator because none of us are. It was just to go out there and just have a good time and interact with people and put on a little bit of a show. It was really just interesting to see especially because you know obviously this year we had um you know obviously other racing uh motorsports doing you know live things like formula one they did live uh virtual racing i think nascar did as well i think indycar did as well there was a lot of different things and obviously they had some of the actual drivers competing in those things and then to see you put on a virtual monster truck show because obviously you know, we've been, when I say we, I mean, as in the virtual monster truck fans, we've been doing virtual monster truck shows for, you know, kind of years, you know, since Riggs Rods is a thing. And since, you know, live streaming to YouTube became a thing, you know, it's been happening. But to see a dry, and like you said, to bring the monster truck personalities into the show, to treat it as kind of like a real life show in the sense of, oh, we actually have Joe Sylvester, the actual driver, Bad Habit, driving Bad Habit virtually and then to have as as i kind of and you just said before you have the 
monster truck personalities um, commentating over it and making it feel like an actual monster truck show, except obviously it's virtual trucks. It's pretty amazing. And to watch it, it was really, really cool. I could just see some of my buddies. I think Travis, Travis Palm, if you're listening to this, I think he competed. And I think a couple of my other buddies did. But honestly, it was just really, really cool. Uh, and also talking about the Outlaw Monster Truck drags. Now I move on to the actual Outlaw Monster Truck drags. Because before I get to the, ne- the next question, correct me if I'm wrong. You were supposed to have... A live show. I forget where it was at. You were supposed to have a live Canfield. show. Canfield, Canfield, my hometown. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you were supposed to have one there. And then, obviously, COVID hit. And due to COVID and, you know, not having people around, you couldn't quite do that. So, then you delved into the virtual Outlaw Drags, which then became the actual Outlaw Drags, which premiered on Fight TV. Um, Talking about that, talk us through what... Well, you kind of just did, but talk us through what came to be the Outlaw Monster Truck Drags. What was the inspiration you had to start your own Monster Truck League? Uh, The inspiration was um, something that I had thought about when me and Gary Bauer decided to partner together and build the new, the next level Bad Habit, Bad Habit Relapse. I was like, you know, uh, I feel like I have a lot left to give back to this sport, uh, both as a driver, but what can I do to create a lasting legacy uh, for the, when the day comes when I have to step away from driving, possibly. Um, and that came in the in the aspect of creating our own series. And I didn't want to just do what everybody else has been doing. There's obviously a tried and true, uh, I guess, plan of monster truck shows. You know, you go, you got wheelie contests and two-wheel contests and intermission and freestyle and you mix in some quad wars or tough trucks or you know a car eating dinosaur or something like that stuff that you or i probably really don't care much about we came to see monster trucks so my idea with the outlaw drags was to be the outlaws of the sport kind of do things a little differently and give people nothing but monster truck action now obviously we can't have 28 full-blown monster trucks at a grassroots monster truck show with a few thousand people. So what we can do is show a progression of the sport that no one has ever really showcased before. The mini monster trucks, now the pro mod monster trucks, which is a class that me and Gary have been talking about for years. Uh, Gary actually tried it out back in the 90s on one of his trucks. He put 48s on it, ran it around a little bit, but it it was just kind of for fun. Uh, now I'm like, you know, all these guys have these super crazy, lightweight, high horsepower mega trucks that they're running around in the mud and they're really advanced. They're, they're very close to what a full size monster truck is. Let's develop a class for these guys to put 48 inch terror tires on and we'll call it pro mod monster trucks. And so that's what we're trying to develop. And, uh, from what we've tried out so far, uh, the response has been really good on social media and things people that have saw and want more. Um, cause those things are fast, man. They're lightweight. They're the same horsepower as a big truck and they're about half the weight of a big truck. Uh, and the big wide tires allows them to drift around like a monster truck. Whereas with their skinny tires that they use for the mud, they would, they, they can't corner quite that well. So they have a lot more, you know, a monster truck qualities to them. And they look really, really cool with those 40 inch terror tires on them. And then obviously our pro pro monsters, 
being the, the premier class of the outlaw monster truck drags. For intermission, we plan on bringing in vintage monster trucks like Gary's Lone Ranger, Jerry Richmond's uh, Terminator, and basically let them come out, do an old school car crush, and basically explain to the fans, this is where the sport started. This is what it came, this is what it came from. These are some of the pioneers of the sport. And now then you turn to like trucks like Bad Habit. This is what it's evolved into. Uh, so I think it could be a really cool show for people, high energy, um, and again, just trucks, no fillers. Definitely. And I think the one of the things that really captivate, obviously I was interested to begin with, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but one of the things I thought kind of inspired you to do the Outlaw Drags in general was the old Pender Point series. That was right. really entertaining to watch. Uh, I haven't watched much of it, but I've certainly watched enough to know that it is like, is genuine monster truck racing, you know? I, you know right. And I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to bring the, make the racing exciting as well, yeah. uh, especially drag racing. Uh, because, you know, if we were to go back and do Penda style racing, it wouldn't be that exciting based on the technology of the trucks now and what people are used to seeing these trucks do. Now you throw on a track like I built for the fight TV deal, 450 feet long, an elevated start with a step down, a double that you actually had to properly time in order to go fast. Um, things like that, they kind of add some different elements into the racing to make it exciting and be something that people haven't seen before. Uh, and when there's something to be said about two trucks side by side and crossing the finish line side by side, uh, the fans aren't looking at two different areas of the, of the track, trying to find, figure out which truck they're going to follow, you know? So I think there's a lot to be said about drag racing still, and there's a lot that can still be done, uh, where I got kind of the idea for doing something like that was actually Red Bull straight rhythm where they took supercross and they basically put it in a straight line. So there was rhythms, there's doubles, there's step ups, elevated starts. Uh, I mean, we've got track designs on rigs of rods that we've been testing out for the real world monster truck drags. And now uh, we use school buses and we start on top of the school buses and come down off the buses and, you know, just things like that that just kind of add some different elements so that the racing is every bit as exciting as the freestyle. And yes, the ultimate goal of the outlaw monster truck drags is to bring back a legitimate point series, both for racing and for freestyle. Um, you know, give us, give us a, you know, this year obviously put us about a year behind schedule. This was going to kind of be our development year. We're going to do a couple of shows like Canfield, try some things out, see what the drivers liked, um, and see how we can progress. So now we're like a year behind now. So next year is going to be our, our year of developing and, and trying some different things. Um, but the ultimate goal is to have a legitimate point structure, uh, more of a purse style payout, uh, for all the classes. And, uh, you know, when it comes to freestyle, I use, like I did for fight TV, actual legitimate people from the industry, people that are respected, people that know about the sport, people that know what it takes to run these trucks. And they also know the difference between, okay, this guy crashed. He shouldn't get extra points because he crashed, you know, things like that, that make them legitimate judges, just like the X games has for BMX dirt jumping or skateboarding. They have a panel of judges that are guys that have been there, done that, and they have a category to judge. So that's what I'm, what, again, what I want to do to actually have some sort of a legitimate freestyle judging, uh, platform as well. Absolutely. And one of the other things I did, 
want to talk about definitely one of the most interesting things other than obviously the racing itself and obviously you did talk about this was the pro mod monster trucks it was really interesting to see kind of you bring a new flavor of monster trucks into well monster trucks it was really really unique to see this and I definitely would love to see, obviously it sounds like you plan on bringing this back for what seems to be 2021. Um, but still I would in general, I would love to see this anyway. I, any tour would be really cool. I don't know if honestly, if I got to see any more of it, whether it was just your tour or monster jam or everything, I'd be fine with that because it's so cool. I always loved Mega Trucks. I don't really keep up with it, but to see a kind of a mix between Mega Trucks and Monster Trucks put together, Pro Mod Monster Trucks, that's really cool. And definitely, the series is really interesting in regards to obviously said legitimate racing. I mean, not saying that other you know other sports like Monster Jam have legitimate racing, but to see you know, kind of that Pender-style racing of pure racing. I'll, that's the word I'll use, pure racing. I think Monster Jam racing now is still entertaining, but I think compare it to, I don't know if this really counts, but compare it to, say, the Pender Point series or such your series, that's more pure in the sense that it's line up, get ready, throttle, full hard, get to the finish line, you know, all that thing. It's just really... It was really cool to see, and in another sense too, I feel like racing now in terms of monster trucks, we're all focused on racing. We're all focused on, if it's Monster Jam, we're focused on skills. This, I felt like there was a very big priority on, uh, no, not freestyle, racing. There was a big priority on, okay, racing is important in this series. You get points for doing this racing matters i feel like in months this is my opinion for those listening and obviously you joe i feel like racing now in monster jam it's kind of just like kind of treated as like a sideshow drivers come out they race they win the race they move on if they lose oh well they get points if this is a part of a point series or if it's just a standalone event they get points towards an overall event championship in my opinion when i watched the outlaw drags i, f- I got the feeling that racing was the priority freestyle wasn't necessarily necessary necessarily excuse me a side act but it wasn't as prioritized as it freestyle was still entertaining because freestyle is freestyle but racing i felt it was more pure i guess in that sense to do it in the long form and finally we kind of did touch upon this but what can we not only expect from the Bad Habit Relapse, but also the Outlaw Monster Truck Drags in 2021? Uh, well, a lot of that depends on what we end up being allowed to do and when we can get back to doing things. It doesn't look like there's going to be anything really happening, uh, at least for us, as far as indoor stuff during the first quarter of the year. We are starting to book some stuff come springtime. We've got some uh, some sponsor displays and things like that we're working on early in the year, February, March. Uh, we will be going back to the Mint 400 in Las Vegas, the big desert race that they do out there in March and doing a freestyle exhibition with 
with bad habit. And this year we're also going to bring mayhem and give people rides. Uh, so we're going to kind of slowly get back into the swing of things. And hopefully by springtime, we're full, full speed ahead again. I've already started working on uh, booking the outlaw monster truck drags at a few different venues. Uh, we are definitely doing Canfield and that'll be on 4th of July weekend. Uh, and that's kind of my biggest event because it's hometown and stuff like that. And um, I just think that there's such a cool history at the Canfield Fairgrounds of monster trucks, uh, you know, dating all the way back to the pen to point series and even before then. Um, and then we've got some other stuff we're working on, too, at some other venues in the Midwest um, and up into uh, New York as well, uh, as far as some smaller outlaw monster truck drags events that will have a few less trucks. Uh, mainly just because of the confines of some of the smaller venues that we're going to, but we're also looking at one other large scale show similar to Canfield uh, and, and sometime in the summer for the outlaw drag. So we're the, the goal is to have at least two big shows and then a handful of the smaller shows where the racing, if we're, if it's a venue where we're able to do racing um, it'll be, it'll be a lot smaller, um, but it, it's venues that wanted to have us there and wanted to have a show. Uh, even some of them might only have the room for us to only do one truck at a time freestyle stuff. So, uh, there is some things in the works, but there should be at least two large outlaw monster truck drag shows. And my plan for that is to have six minis, six pro mods and six full size trucks. And then a couple of, uh, the vintage trucks for the intermission and uh, also the pit party. Um, I'm, I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to call it yet. I'm not going to call it party in the pits or pit party again. Uh, everybody's done it. It's been done. Everybody calls it that. I want to do something different. I want to do something a little different with it. Correct. And, um, I, I'd like to maybe even incorporate some, some lifted truck, uh, show and shine stuff, uh, a little bit more interactive pre-show things, um, to make it more of a, you know, a, a half of a day experience for people that want to come early and experience some cool stuff, see the trucks. I really want to do more of an open pit format where people can see the haulers and the trucks and guys working on them before the show a little bit, stuff like that. So there's a lot of that that I'm putting together right now and trying to get it all hashed out, uh, by the beginning of next year. And I would, I, me personally, personally, I think a lot of my other fans would be really interested in seeing more Outlaw Monster Truck drag shows, especially in some venues and obviously your hometown. That would be really cool. And unfortunately, that is the end of my questions. However, we have some fan questions, so I'm going to quickly pull out my phone here. Uh, that enchilada guy, also known as Max, wants to know your favorite moment of your career during your time with Monster Jam. Uh, and was my favorite time in career with monster jam. Absolutely. Is my, uh, my world record jump, uh, not my world record jump, my, uh, my young guns championship in Las Vegas. Um, that was definitely a, a crowning moment for me and, and, you know, one that we're really, really proud of. And it took a lot of work to, to make it to that point. And, um, we, we really put a lot of focus on the preparation of the truck going into that week to really make sure that, um, it was going to do what we needed it to do. Um, so it was, it was a lot of work and it was, it was a lot of really stiff competition and to be able to say that I was the first independent to legitimately race my way into the world finals is something that will stick with me, you know, forever. So, um, it was really, really cool to be able to do that and, and definitely, definitely something we're proud of. And even now, 
now that I think about it, there's a lot of other, you know, benefits too. Now that I think about it, you know, you were, well, firstly, you were the second Young Guns shootout champion mm-hmm. in general. You were the first to actually get an invite to the World Finals because I remember Bari the first year, I, if I'm correct, and I, I'm pretty sure I am, he didn't actually get an invite into the into the World Finals. So he won, but he didn't get the last Manfield spot, whereas you did. You got the 28th spot. You earned your right to compete in there. You got to compete with the likes of Tom Manson, Dennis Anderson, and stuff like that. But even so, you were one of the few drivers to actually you know, compete in the World Finals at Vegas. That's something that I think about now, especially with Monster Jam moving out of Las Vegas in terms of the World Finals. It's something, I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's some. It would be something special for for me as a fan. I think about it. I go, you know, the World Finals in Vegas was something special. I still liked the World Finals in Orlando, but to me, I love the elevated starting line. That is really cool what they did. It definitely was a. I guess you could say a good substitute for racing down Thunder Alley. But it is my opinion that definitely nothing will ever be racing through Thunder Rally. Race, you know, starting on the outside, out pretty much outside of the stadium, racing through Thunder Rally and down the chicane and, you know, doing the J-hook to the finish line. That is something I feel like you can never replicate, if that makes sense. For me, it's it's the, I guess, the... I don't want to say mystique, but I don't know what I'm really looking for. Just being in Las Vegas, there's so many big events of all types that happen in Las Vegas. Uh, it's kind of like a, you know, it's it's the entertainment capital of the world. So why not have the world's largest monster truck show in the entertainment capital of the world? I love that town. I love Las Vegas. It was a special place in my heart. Uh, so for me, yeah, I'm I'm definitely on the same page with you that. Uh, while world finals anywhere is going to be a cool event. Um, I think it belongs in Vegas in my opinion. Definitely. Uh, my friend Connor, AKA the best jelly wanted to know what made you want to bring back the bad habit relapse? Ah, well, I mean, we had thought about bringing, you know, doing a a high octane branded truck, you know, high octane coffee, my company, uh, the name high octane works for a truck. Nobody's ever used it before. Uh, and that was really honestly the the plan. Um, but as we got a little bit closer to, you know, finalizing the truck and the graphics and everything like that, I was like, you know, I think people would rather see another, see bad habit back. Um, my family was in agreeance. Gary was in agreeance. And I was like, yeah, I feel a lot better about doing that. And the relapse thing was really kind of a last minute deal, you know, because, you know, almost every time somebody brings a truck back, there's some sort of twist to the name, you know, um, and, you know, like Gary, he had nightmare two and then he had, he has nightmare express, which he actually has right now. Um, you know, so I was like relapse, you know, when you have a bad habit and you go through therapy and you kick that bad habit or that addiction and then something happens and, you're right back into it again. You relapse. So relapse just happened. It, it just, it worked. I did. Honestly, I did not even know what that word meant. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So see, I'm learning things too. Honestly, the more, you know, um, 
Okay, this is very similar to a question that you kind of just answered before from Max, but Stefan Cliff wanted to know, what was it like winning the Young Gun Shootout in 2018? You know, it, 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 uh, we didn't get too excited until it was said and done and we were, I was holding the trophy. Uh, every, we went there. We were the last truck to be invited. Uh, we hadn't won a race in Monster Jam all season. Just always kind of came up short. And, um, you know, me and, you know, Bobo, Ben Winslow, my crew guy at the time, and longtime really good friend of mine, um, we went there and we're like, let's just take it round by round. Let's go out there, try to lay down some consistent passes. We've got completely bald old Firestone tires. We aren't making very much horsepower. The motor's two years old. Just being here and being invited is a win. So let's just take it round by round. Let's go one race at a time. And that's what we did. And Bobo would come on the radio with me after every round. All right, you won that one. One more round. Let's go next round. One more round. You know, and uh, he would do his thing, making sure the truck was staying cool. He had leaf blowers on the on the brake rotors, keeping the brakes cool in between rounds. Um, you know, it just uh, so I just focused on hitting my marks. You know, I walked the track and. I was really, really focused a lot more than I normally was at any other uh, event just because that track is so high speed and uh, there's a lot of little things you can do that make up a lot of time on that track um, and everybody's fast. So you're literally looking for tenths of a second on that track. Um, so it was literally we were just going round by round and when we finally pulled out the final round victory, it was like, wow, I can't believe we did that. It's something that, I don't know how to put it into words, it's something that, you know, kind of like with, it's, it like hits you in the face, like reality, like you snap back to reality, because when I talked to John Seesaw, and he was talking about winning his first championship, uh, his crew chief was on the call, and was like, yo, John, you just won, and he's like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, it's something that, you know, at the time you don't recognize, like you don't process that information, like, Oh damn! I've just won, but when you when it fully hits you, like oh, I won! That's really cool. You know, it's something that yeah, I I pretty much ex pretty much explained it. Uh, my second to last question is from my friend Billy, aka Remote Control Madness. He wants to know: Are there any plans to compete in Monster Jam in the coming years? Yeah, absolutely. We we certainly hope so. You know, we've we've been in contact with uh, you know the people at Monster Jam and letting them know, hey, we're ready when you guys are. You know, the truck is ready. It's more than capable of going out there and competing with the best of them. Um, you know, so just uh, it's a matter of you know what the world allows to happen over the next uh, year or two. Uh, but yes, we definitely hope to be back and uh, and seeing people in the big stadiums again. And I think what would be really cool, I don't know if you um, have been paying attention to the Monster Truck World, but uh, me personally, I think it'd be really cool to see, obviously, Bad Habit now has been competing for uh, Bad Habit Relapse. I guess now it's a full year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now it would yeah, be yeah, we, we debuted the truck at uh, SEMA last year in November, and then it was at the Hall of Fame. And then the very first actual event for it was in, I think, uh, I think it was towards the end of January. Um, and it was in Wisconsin. Well, I think it would be really cool to see the brand new returning since I think I think they said ten years 
Jurassic Attack competing alongside Bad Habit. I don't know if you heard, but uh, uh, I did see Throttle. that today. Yeah, David Olfer bringing back uh, Jurassic Attack. That would be really cool to see the basically one-year-old return of Bad Habit with paired up. Well, not paired up, but I mean like competing alongside the brand new revived Jurassic Attack, which I cannot wait to see. And finally, this is actually a question from, uh, this is a two-part question. This is from my dad, aka Papa Historian. He wants to know, do you follow any other motorsports? And if so, who are your favorite driver or drivers in that series? And then the second question he wants to know with them, we've kind of already talked about this, but um, with trucks doing, you know, huge jumps and backflips, now, does it take its toll on your body upon impact? Yeah, that's an easy one, man. Uh, I definitely, I follow NHRA. I love drag racing. Um, I love Pro Mod. Uh, Pro Mod is actually my favorite class in drag racing. Um, but uh, my favorite driver, one of my favorite human beings of all time, somebody that I've always looked up to is John Force. Um, the man is just, a, he's a living legend. I've had the opportunity to meet him and hang out with him on a few different occasions. Actually had to actually had dinner with him one time after a race. And he's just in a, he's just an incredible person. He's literally a one of a kind kind of guy. Um, and the way he connects with his fans and, uh, just the, the fan base that he has, it's like, I don't, it's hard to really think of anybody else. Um, you know, uh, except for somebody like Dennis Anderson that has the, has the fan following that he does and, and just the, the, the extreme loyalty, um, because of who he is and the way he acts and the way he treats people. So, um, definitely, definitely look up to John force and I, and I follow NHRA, um, as far as the jumping and the abuse on the body, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, we're not riding around on leaf springs anymore, but, um, you know, those guys weren't dropping a 12,000 pound truck from 30 feet in the air flat into the ground. Um, you know, so it's, it's the, the trucks work well, uh, the suspension works well, hopefully as long as you have it dialed in. Right. Um, but, uh, the, the trucks definitely beat you up a lot. You know, if you're taking it easy, you know, racing, racing is, doesn't hurt you at all. But when you're out there really running hard and, you take some of these side slap landings or you really sky it out and the truck just lands on all fours. Um, it's, uh, it definitely takes its toll on your body and it's just all part of the game, man. I tell people if, uh, if you're not hurting on Sunday morning, you know, you, you didn't do very good Saturday night. <laughs> Absolutely. And unfortunately that is the end of, uh, the fan questions and my questions. So, uh, thank you everyone so much for listening. Remember, if you want to follow my social media, it's at MonsterJammerStone on Instagram and MonsterJammerStone on YouTube. You can also follow the official weekly Monster Truck Instagram page at the Weekly MT Podcast. And for more places to listen on, you can check out the YouTube channel, or which is my YouTube channel, Monster Jam Historian. Uh, you can also check out the Anchor, Spotify, and Radio Public pages, I think. Oh, yeah, we're also on Google Podcasts. So there's lots of, lots of places that you can check out this podcast on. And as always, always give uh, this opportunity to every one of my guests. Joe, is there anyone or anything you would like to shout out or plug before we close off today's episode? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely, I'll start with my, with my sponsors for sure, my marketing partners. And, you know, some of them have been with me for well over a decade. They, they were with me with Bad Habit before. They followed me into short course off-road racing and then into sprint car racing and now right back to monster trucks again and you know uh, lincoln welders fk rod ends amsoil 
uh, full throttle batteries, one of our newer, newer partners. Um, these guys have all been awesome renegade products, big partner of ours this year that we do a lot of work with really fun company to represent. Um, you know, a lot of companies that have really stood behind us, Y town powder coating, uh, my vinyl guy ripped vinyl, Ryan, he's been doing my stuff since, oh, I don't know, 2011, 2012, something like that. Um, and he is the man that's responsible for making me, making all my stuff look so damn good. He's uh, really good at what he does. He knows my style. He knows what I like. And we work really, really good together. Um, you know, my, my fiance, Gabby, for putting up with my crazy lifestyle. And, you know, she, uh, you know, came into my life a few years ago. And this was something totally new to her, uh, this whole lifestyle that I lead. And um, I'm, I'm on the move all the time. If I'm not on the road with monster trucks and I'm out in the shop working on trucks or I'm out getting crazy on mountain bikes and throwing myself down mountains with my buddies. And just, uh, I'm, I'm never sitting still and I'm always trying to make moves with my business. Uh, so there's, it's a, it's a different lifestyle and she's definitely, definitely more than just put up with it. She's embraced it and she's definitely been my, you know, my rock for the past few years and we're actually be getting married next year in October. So that's, that's exciting for us. Uh, my family uh, for standing behind me like they always do, um, supporting me with my high octane business, with the monster truck business. Uh, my business partner, Gary Bauer, who uh, came, you know, he's been a good friend and a mentor of mine since I first started in monster trucks. And now to actually be business partners with him and putting both of our brains together uh, on both the show aspect and the truck aspect. Uh, we are working on another race truck that we should have ready for next year as well. It'll be in the trailer with Bad Habit. Um, you know, just uh, he's been really, really uh, excited for him to be back in the sport too. Somebody who is one of the OGs and you know was around for the very beginning. For him to be excited about this again, it's really, really, really cool for me. Um, you know, I also forgot to mention uh, Yokohama Tires and uh, Size Matters Off Road for cutting up my Yokohama tires and making them nice and light. Um, I'm, I'm excited about the partnership with Yokohama for two reasons. One, we're getting, uh, we're, we got a great marketing partner. We have great tires on the truck, great tires on the semi. But the other aspect of it is, is I can't think of any other tire manufacturer that has gotten involved with an independent monster truck team as a sponsor since Firestone got involved with Bigfoot. So for me, it, it's, it's really cool. And it's an honor that a big company like that is looking at our sport as a great way to, to market their brand and their product. Um, so I don't look at that as just a win for us and bad habit, but I look at it as a win for the entire sport of monster trucks that a major, one of the largest tire companies in the world, like Yokohama is putting their faith and, uh, and, and our, and our sport and in our fans for supporting us. Um, and that's another thing. The final thing that I want to thank is definitely all the fans, the, the, you know, people like you guys that are doing podcasts and covering what we're doing and uh, all the social media reach, uh, people sharing the pictures of the truck and the videos and buying the bad habit merchandise online, especially during this downtime when we haven't had shows and it's been really, really rough to be an entertainer in the year 2020. And uh, I really, really from the bottom of my heart, thank all the fans for, for coming and, you know, buying the bad habit stuff online and taking advantage of the black Friday sales that we got going on right now. And uh, just really embracing our return to the sport. Definitely. And again, I want to thank the listeners and the viewers so much for, you know, constantly coming back and listening. I really hope that you've been enjoying these interviews. I really hope during this Christmas time, now that I'm pretty much a, a free man, I'm going to be trying and bring in more and more crazy episodes with 
amazing guests like Joe. And hopefully we can do all sorts of crazy stuff talking about Monster Jam, Monster Trucks, and sitting down with, you know, drivers and even hosts. It's going to be a really fun time. And I want to thank you guys again from the bottom of my heart coming out each and every week. And uh, hopefully, yeah, just stay tuned to my Instagram and the podcast page uh, for more announcements on episodes or if I move to a new platform or anything like that. If you want to stay up to date, follow my Instagram and follow my Instagram page. And if you want to follow Joe and, you know, keep up with all the Bad Habit Relapse stuff and all the uh, Outlaw Monster Truck Drags, you know, information, go follow uh, Joe's account and go follow the Outlaw Monster Truck Drags account. I don't remember them off by heart. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm pretty sure you probably it's could. It's just Outlaw, Outlaw Monster Truck Drags on everything. Okay, well, there you go. And thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you, Joe, for coming out. And hope you all have a fantastic week. Goodbye, guys. It's time to jail.